Ready to form Voltron. This is a job for Superman. Power Rangers! Right away, Michael. Autobots, transform! By the power of Grayskull! For the honor of Grayskull! I'm the Doctor. And welcome to the 37th episode of Charlie's Geekcast. I am your host, Charlie Niemeyer, and today we're once again returning to Batman, well, adventures anyway, to take a look at a story starring the Joker. But first, I figure we might as well look at some of the comics coming out this same month. Now, Batman Adventures number 16 was released on December 7th, 1993. That month, that's also the same month that Action Comics... 695 introduced Cauldron, a basically a computer run by actually one of the guys that um, tried to help Superman fight Doomsday from Cadmus. Uh, I think Doomsday either threw Superman at him or something, and he ended up he ended up paralyzed, and now he's trying to run Cauldron. And yeah, uh, this was this actually has two covers. One is I guess that's called foil or embossed i'm not sure but uh it's my first special cover of a superman comic that i had i hadn't quite bought superman eight the fancy cover for 80 superman 82 yet uh but let's see aquaman time and tide number two came out uh we had the comic book adaptation of batman mask of the phantasm which we'll be covering next episode and it also had two different covers uh, Catwoman number six officially crosses over with Batman for Night Quest. Demolition Man number three came out. It's still going. I don't know why I keep mentioning that, but it's fun to do. Uh, the, looks like the KG Beast has a guest starring appearance in Guy Gardner, which is apparently it's the last issue of that book. Although I don't think that's right. In fact, I know that's not right. Never mind. Despite what it says on the cover, it is not the last issue of Guy Gardner. Uh, the final issue of Metal Men came out this month. Looks like, uh, and in this issue, it's the final battle. One will die, and another will be reborn. In Flash number 87, uh, Keystone City is hit by a heat wave right around Christmas time, which kind of sucks. And at the end, um, the Flash is sued. It's happy ho-ho, everybody. Uh, Batman 504 continues the story of with Catwoman and the new Batman. Uh, Batman Adventures Mad Love comes out this month also, I guess, to tie in with the movie. I mean, it's a big, it's a big month for the animated Batman. Uh, we'll be covering that the following episode. Batman and Darkest Night. Uh, looks like it's, a, it's an Elseworlds tale that combines Batman with the Green Lantern origin. 
Superboy number one came out, uh, bringing Superboy into his own title that will run for 100 issues. Uh, the Adventures of Superman team of Carl Kessel, or Kiesel, depending on how you want to say it. Tom Grumman and Doug Hazelwood move over to Superboy to begin his adventures in Hawaii. There will be, an, actually, I think one of the, soon there's going to be an issue where um, Mike Parabek will do some of the guest art because they'll be talking about Superboy, the animated series. It's kind of funny. Uh, Superman, the Man of Steel number 30 also has a variant cover. Uh, one of them is basically a color forms where you have the fight between Lobo and Superman. And the regular one is the one that I had. Uh, but it's cool because, well, this is where we start seeing Superman's powers uh, getting a little stronger. Well, they actually make more of a point of it. Uh, Superman's able to breathe in space, and he's actually going to be in space for a little bit after this, I believe. Stuck there for a little bit. Fortunately, he can breathe. He's, he doesn't need to breathe. Uh, Shadow of the Bat, number 24, still focuses on Night Quest, The Search. Green Lantern, number 49, uh, Hal has taken on the Green Lantern Corps and has started killing some of them and taking their rings. Why they didn't fly off to new people, I don't know. Shouldn't they have done that? Well, it doesn't matter because he ends up destroying the central power battery in a little bit anyway. Uh, but I think that's next issue. Uh, Superman number 86 came out. Uh, Superman is stuck in space, but he meets up with the Sun Devils, which is actually an old comic that Dan Jurgens used to work on, and I believe it's inked by his partner on that book. Uh, it's not a great story, but uh, the cover looks pretty. Uh, Adventures of Superman number 509 features the return of Aron who was actually in a short story in The Legacy of Superman. He was a clone of the Guardian uh, and has these super, I guess, superpowers, or at least the super suit. And uh, he has the secrets of Superman's DNA saved in his hard drive, and he's flying in space to keep it out of harm's way. But uh, can you guess what happens when a guy who's protecting Superman's DNA comes across a guy claiming to be Superman? Yeah, there's a fight. A uh, Supergirl number one. That Supergirl doesn't get an ongoing. She gets a four issue miniseries that will tie back into the main Superman books. Uh, yeah, this is where she's going to basically find out all the stuff that Luther's been doing, that Luther the Second has been doing, and the fact that he's actually a clone of himself. And uh, yeah, this is going to be the start of her moving on towards bigger and better things. The Watchtower story continues in Batman Legends of the Dark Knight. Apparently drawn all with straight edges. It's very, very straight. Really weird. Uh, Batman in Detective Comics number 671. Uh, looks like Batman's stuck in a monster movie. Oh, this might be um, the Joker story. Joker uh, comes to town and takes on the new Batman, Finds out, figures out he's not the actual Batman, and tries to film a movie called The Death of Batman. I think this starts here because Batman is protecting a lady from basically the universal horror movie monsters. Now, I have never read this one, but Fighting American number one comes out. I mention that because the Fighting American has been to several different companies. It was actually created by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby back during the Golden Age, I think. I'm trying to remember if he predates Captain America or not. But... Um, 
yeah, he's been shipped around and he's so similar to Captain America that I don't know why anyone bothers putting out his stories. Uh, Legion 94. I also have not read, but apparently Superman's in it. I'm guessing it ties in with the uh, Superman Man of Steel issue that we saw, that I talked about a minute ago. Uh, the Joker is still front and center in Showcase number f- or Showcase 94, number 2, also featuring stories uh, for Blue Beetle and Gunfire. The co- this cover is by Kevin O'Neill. I'm not a fan of Kevin O'Neill. He also does the art for um, Alan Moore's uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen books. Not a fan of his stuff. Uh, Steel number one comes out. Probably considered the lesser of the two ongoing series. But uh, John Henry Irons moves to Washington, D.C. and creates a new suit of armor that takes away the S. But still looks pretty cool. And still has a cape. That's the important thing. Oh, also, Legion of Superhero Arch- Legion of Superheroes Archives Volume Four comes out. In case anyone was wondering. All right. So after a quick break, we'll take we'll start taking a look at the actual comic we're here to cover. Hi, I'm John Wilson, and I'm Michael Kaiser, and we're the hosts of the podcast Make Ours Marvel. You know, here we are in 2018, ten years into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, can you believe we live in a world where everyone's old Aunt Petunia knows who Iron Man is? It's crazy, right? So, to celebrate, we're on our mission to explore the roots of the Marvel Universe. You know you've thought about it. Some of you may have even done it, and now we're going to do it too. We're diving back into the long boxes of Marvel's history and podcasting our way through the whole universe. All of it. Every superhero issue. And, if I can convince Mike, we'll even do Sergeant Fury. And it's not going to be one issue per episode. That'd take forever. <laughs> it's still going to take forever. But no, we're going to talk about as many comics as we can in an hour. Yep, an hour and, you know, maybe a little change. Every week, Marvel Comics. So it'd be super cool if you came along for the ride. Look for us every Friday at MakeOursMarvel.com. That's MakeOursMarvel.com. Or on iTunes and all the other usual podcasty places. And if you want to read along with us and send us your thoughts, we might even read emails. So until Avengers Infinity War gets a spin-off Warlock and the Infinity Watch TV show, make ours Marvel. Fox Kids is what? Fox Kids is cool! As I mentioned before, Batman Adventures number 16 was released on December 7th, 1993. It had a cover date of January 1994, and this time the cover price goes up a whole 25 cents, so it's now a buck 50. They've also changed the logo a little bit. 
the font of the word Batman has changed. I don't know if the font of the word Adventures has changed, but Batman has changed. Other than that, it's the same. Still the same bat, bat figure silhouette thing that they use for the show. The title of this story is The Killing Book. Obvious reference to The Killing Joke. In fact, the titles of the acts are also making fun of various books. Of The Killing Book is the main title. Act, act 1 is Seduction of the Innocent. Uh, the writer is Kelly Puckett. The penciler is Mike Parabek. The color or the inker is Rick Burchett. The colorist is Rick Taylor. The letterer is Tim Harkins. The editor is Darren Vincenzo. And the editor is Scott Peterson. Batman was, of course, created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Believe it or not, our story actually is going to begin with the cover where Batman's finding a Joker bomb on a boat. We don't know how he got there or anything like that. Like most of these anim- or adventure stories, it starts in media race. Unfortunately, he gets caught in the explosion and barely makes it back to the Batcave in one piece. Meanwhile, Joker is at the docks, where his men are searching for Batman's body in the freezing water. See, while they're not actually coming out and saying it, it is the holiday season in Gotham. You don't see any evidence of that, but there's snow and it's winter. While they're busy doing that, the Joker meets up with two children who show them their Gotham Adventures comic book, which depicts Batman defeating the Joker. Upset by this turn of events, Joker and his men leave, stealing the comic book and the children's lollipop, in the process. Now I'm going to take a quick pause here because I want to say that those kids, they don't really match the animated style. Uh, earlier on, there was a contest to have yourself drawn into a Batman comic book. I'm pretty sure this is where the winners were. Never saw the winner winners announced. They don't make a big deal about it here in the letters column, I don't think. But uh, there was supposed you were, the winners got their got drawn into a book. I, they might have even gotten a tour of Gotham itself by being taken to Gotham City and getting a tour of the DC offices, which I wish I could have been there for, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. So I'm thinking these kids are the ones that won that contest. It would make sense since they're reading a comic book. But I'm not sure. Anyway, moving on. Back to the comic. Later, at the offices of CD Comics, the current creative team, who looks especially like the creators I just named off earlier, are being fired by the editor, Mr. Patterson. Evidently, the issue that the Joker got all upset about was drawn by a guest artist named Anthony Baldwin, and his sa- its sales numbers were through the roof. Through the roof? Wow, yeah. Through the roof. So to keep the numbers up, Anthony will be taking over the comic, writing and drawing, even though he's not much of an artist. I'm thinking that might have something to do with image, but I'm not sure. However, as he leaves the CD offices, Anthony is kidnapped by the Joker. More than a week later, Officer Montoya and her unnamed partner, who is definitely not Bullock. And I mean that. I'm not being sarcastic. This guy is tall and muscles and, from what you can see, I believe, redhead. Uh, They interview Patterson and his assistant editor, who is unnamed in the book. But is very nice. And inadvertently learn that not only has Baldwin been sending in pages for the last two days, they depict a robbery that was recently staged by the Joker in such detail that he had to have witnessed it firsthand. In the Batcave, Bruce realizes that he has to stop the Joker before this three-part story comes to an end, or something very bad could happen to Anthony. Later, at the International Cryptographers' Convention, Joker adds his Joker toxin to the soup, paralyzing everyone and giving them that lovely Joker grin, while Anthony, who is strapped to a mobile drawing table and chair, draws the events taking place, The Joker attacks the men at the head table with a mallet, knocking some of them forward and some of them backwards. 
Anthony draws this pseudo-Morse code message into the comic, giving Batman a time and a place for their final confrontation. Alfred voices concern that Bruce has not fully recovered yet, while Bruce is busy in his training area deflecting knives. The problem with this is that this particular air exercise calls for him to catch the knives, rather than deflect them. Nevertheless, he tells Alfred to prep the Batmobile because he's going out. Actually, he just says the car. I'm assuming he means the Batmobile. But you know what happens when you assume, right? <laughs> the, the location in Joker's message was Gotham Pines Miniature Golf. At hole one is a clown statue with a pull-my-finger sign on it. Batman does this and catches the nose that shoots off of the statue. But the nose explodes, bathing the Dark Knight in knockout gas. When he comes to, he's tied up to a rocket set to explode when a golf ball hits the target that's connected to it. It's a silly way to die, but, you know, hey, that's comics, right? Anyway, it turns out that the Joker's not a very good mini-golfer, as he fails over the course of an entire page to actually hit the target. By the time he decides to just give up and throw the ball on the target from point-blank range, Batman has somehow escaped and is using golf balls to knock out the Joker's goons from a distance. While the Joker threatens to shoot Anthony, who has been recording everything that's been happening this whole time, Batman is able to sneak behind the clown prince, but Batman, still feeling the effects of the explosion, is easily taken down by the Joker. The Joker is about to administer the final blow when Anthony throws a golf ball at the target. This distracts Joker long enough for Batman to kick him back towards the rocket, and Joker gets his butt burnt in the rocket's flames. Later in the Arkham Asylum, guards are handing out the latest issue of Gotham Adventures, generously donated by some rich guy for a literacy campaign. Everyone seems to be really enjoying the book, too, except Joker, who, for once, is not the one laughing. Alright, let's take a quick look at the book itself. The cover is pretty cool. I mean, it's a typical Mike Paraback, Rick Burchett cover. It looks really nice. Everything's on model. You got your boom, you're dead. And it is the first, basically the first panel of the book, so you get extra points for that. That's really cool. You, you never see that. I'm, I wasn't going to say, I was going to say you rarely see that, but... Really, you'd never see that. Page two, you can really feel the immensity of this page because there's no sound. No sound effects, no automatopita, no words. Well, actually, there's one word, just Joker. But you see Batman laying down on the ground. The Batmobile is still got smoke coming out of, from under it. Uh, Alfred drops his tray full of, of tea, it looks like, and runs down to check on Moss to Bruce. Uh, the thing is that, that, okay, granted he's surrounded by water and he did probably fall in the water during the explosion. I'm wondering though if all this water is supposed to be blood, but obviously it's a kid's, it's technically it's all ages, but it's kind of a kid's book, so they didn't want to color it red. Uh, but you probably could consider some of this, at least some of this, to be blood, not just water. Page three Kelly Puckett has really good handle on this version of the Joker. Um, he, in this one page, he's crazy, funny, and scary, just about all at the same time. However, the kids here are too detailed, so that's why I'm thinking that they're from that contest. I also love that the comic is called Gotham Adventures, since it's the name that they'll be using in a future series set in the same universe. Uh, they After Batman Adventures is Batman and Robin Adventures, and after that is, well, the little miniseries that um, explains everything that happened to catch you up to the new adventures of Batman. And when it starts doing that, it's Gotham Adventures. 
Although it might be Batman's Gotham Adventures or just Batman. Anyway, it's Gotham Adventures. That's the important thing. Moving on, page five. I love the cameos by the creative team of panel one. I would love to have seen Scott Peterson's reaction to Patterson the first time he saw it. Because I don't know how Scott Peterson, what Scott Peterson looks like, especially not back in 1993. Uh, but with the cigar chomping he's doing and all the yelling he's doing, I'm getting a really strong J. Jonah Jameson vibe. The only thing he's not doing is telling him to get pictures of Spider-Man. But, you know, it's a DC book. Or actually a CD book, maybe? Anyway, page 8. Are we supposed to assume that Bruce has been laying in half a Batman costume for over a week? This is... Okay, it's been a week since the Baldwin guy's been missing. We see Batman still laying on the... Or laying down on the table in the Batcave. Basically, he's missing the shirt, cape, and cowl. But he's got the utility belt, pants, and boots on. So I guess he's also missing the gloves. But are we supposed to assume that he's been doing that for a week? Or are we supposed to assume that he went out in costume, met up with Gordon, got the comic, came back to the cave, and then kind of collapsed? I'm not sure. Maybe time passes differently in the Batcave than in the outside world. And it's like only been a couple hours for him. But I don't know. Maybe the Batcave's the TARDIS. Page 13. The Joker's creating Morse code out of the cryptographers, and I find that to be both smart and uh, kind of funny, but in a dark way. I guess dark humor, you know. Um, I, I think it's amazing also that uh, Anthony Baldwin draws just like Mike Parabek, and his lettering looks just like Tim Harkin's lettering, and his coloring looks just like Rick Taylor's coloring, considering. Well, actually, I guess he's. I guess they could actually do the coloring and maybe even the lettering in house for the comic. Now that I think about it, but still, the art looks just like Mike Parabex. It's crazy. Page fourteen. Now this is very Batman. He's still not a hundred percent. He knows it's probably not a good idea to go out. Alfred's telling him not to go out, but he's ignoring the voice of reason here because there is an innocent life in danger. That's Batman, folks. That. Actually, there's a lot of superheroes, but in this instance, that is Batman. Page 15. I love the Joker's remark about this being an elaborate death trap here. Uh, it, although, I have to admit, it would seem to be right at home at one of those late Golden Age or Silver Age comics, like a Dick Sprang thing, or um, you know, even out of the Adam West show. I mean, seriously, it's, it, I mean, it fits right in with that stuff. Page 16. Then they mess up the... Then they add more humor to it by... The Joker being really crappy at mini golf. <laughs> I mean, it's awesome, and he's getting more and more frustrated as you go along. It's ter- it's it's great. He even he even breaks one of the lights. Page twenty one. Now, apparently, the Joker's boxer shorts are made out of some kind of Kryptonian material, because his backside gets burned in the fire. He runs over to some tank of water. This is very Looney Tunes. Runs over to a tank of water, sticks his butt in there, and ah, and there's, you know, from the steam and stuff. But the boxers are still not even, well, they might be slightly singed. But that could just be due to the way Joker takes care of them. Uh, They're not burnt, and there's not even a hole in them other than where they're supposed to be. So it, it's just kind of weird. And But then again, again, a code-approved comic meant for all ages. It's not like anyone's going to be showing you the Joker's butt. Uh, Page 22. I love the idea of Batman getting back at the Joker 
by uh, using Bruce Wayne and donating all those comics to Arkham. Uh, it's it fits for this version of Batman, who's not as dark. He's a little more lighthearted, and uh, you know it's kind of a payback. Uh, Joker wanted to get the comics, and now he's got the comics. Overall, I thought this was a really fun issue. I mean, I feel I mean Batman is hurt pretty much the whole time. He really does isn't seen much in the whole book, uh, and he does not win any fights. I don't think he even lands much of a punch. He throws some. He throws the golf balls around, but I don't think he manages to hit anybody. The plus side is all the humor that is wrought by the fact that we're talking about comic books in a comic book. And I love the synergy also by the fact that the Joker's here, considering this is, the, this is coming out right around the time of the Batman animated movie that came out in December, right around Christmas time, which has the Joker in it. There's Mad Love that also has the Joker in it, although it's mostly a Harley Quinn story. And, uh, and then this. Well, so all the animated stuff has Joker and Batman in it. It's really cool. But that's it. That's going to do it for this episode of Charlie's GeekCast. I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for possibly subscribing. You can do that, you know, uh, by going to... Uh, I'm on Google Play now. Uh, but there's also iTunes, Spotify, uh, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Uh, just about anywhere you can go. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get iHeartRadio, but it takes a little longer for them to decide if they want to allow me on their thing or not. And I probably won't be allowed to because of those commentary episodes. So they're they're pretty stickler, pretty good sticklers about the whole um, sound thing, I guess. Anyway, thank you again for listening, and we're going to leave this episode with the number one song this time or this part of the month, uh, which is again by Janet Jackson. So thank you all for listening, and you have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening to Charlie's GeekCast. Feedback for the show can be sent to charliesgeekcast at gmail.com, or you can feel free to leave a comment at the show's posting at charliesgeekcast.com. All images and music heard on the show are copyright their respective copyright holders and are used for entertainment purposes only. No infringement is intended. Charlie's GeekCast is a proud member of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. Please be sure to stop by Two True Freaks to check out more great shows. Thank you again for listening, and good night. And